0: Hey, welcome to Electric Liberty Land 225. What a day to do a podcast, guys, for once. The big news broke just for Brian on Tuesdays, who he can record about it. But before I get into the Derek Chauvin trial, I want to tell you about Paul's To The Wall. I'm sure these guys will also be talking about the Derek Chauvin trial, as will we all. Uh, You got to check them out. Paul's To The Wall is a brand new podcast of two libertarian brothers, Nick and Mike. These guys are awesome. I have been on their show. They're funny, they're likable, and they know their way around a liberty conversation. Trust me, you. They not only had me on, but they've had on Jason Stapleton. They've had on uh, Gene Epstein. They've had on Scott Horton. And I tell you, they talk about here, there, and everywhere. People talk about uh, barbecue. They'll get into ways in which you can break down your wrestling, you know, and any other number of topics. I, I can't tell you everything they talk about because, like me, they got to go on a little bit of tangents here and there, which is why they're so much fun. Check them out. Paul's to the wall podcast anywhere podcasts are heard. Oh, Nelly, uh, the streets of Minnesota running red with the blood of innocence yet? Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, everybody. Episode 225, show notes over at lionsofliberty.com forward slash episodes slash ELL225 if you want to pull any of the stories I'm talking about today. But of course, there's one big story that is overcoming all of the stories, a tsunami of a story, it was washing up on the shore, and uh, many terrified people are fleeing in its wake. But before I get into that, before I get into the big DC, right? You guys know what I'm going to be talking about. I want to tell you a quick story, just because I'm so pissed off about it. I'm I'm coming into this episode hot because I'm so fucking angry at my parents who I told, you know, they're both vaccinated, they're older, you know, they're both in their 70s, So they both got vaccinated. Good, go, you know, I would get vaccinated if I were in my 70s more than likely as well, right? Why would I not if there's a, a, you know, a prominent danger? And as we know, with COVID, you're 99.9% clear if you're not over the age of 70. And even then, you have to have certain, I think most of the time we found, you have to have certain conditions, you have to be obese, etc. cetera. My parents are not obese they don't have any uh, underlying conditions. You know, they don't have diabetes. But I understand them getting it. Sure. I, on the other hand, I'm a 41-year-old man. I'm in fantastic health, despite the fact that I always look like I have not slept Vince Vaughn style, because that is my one, uh, that's my one weak point, folks. If you're looking for my Achilles heel, you know, if I was a Dungeons and Dragons character like you dorks play, and don't worry, I played a little D&D back in the day, you know, if I was a D&D character, that would be like my profile. You know, I <laughs> like like Martin on The Simpsons, a million hit points and maximum charisma. That'd be me, except I uh, I sleep like shit all the fucking time, so I always look like a tired zombie. But otherwise, I'm in great health, right? So I'm not going to get vaccinated. I don't see a reason that really, you know, as I was joking with Dan, spots of the system is down. I mentioned this last show. the uh, The odds of me getting covid and dying from covid are about the same as me getting the vaccine and dying from a uh, blood clot or some other you know weird little trick of the trade they haven't figured out yet insofar as how these vaccines are interacting with people and we're still seeing some fallout and weird weird things getting reported with johnson and johnson they're about the the equivalent you know it's about the same 10 of one 10 of the other. That's not the phrase. It's 12 of one half dozen, six of one half dozen of the other. There you go. I got it. (laughs) it. Point being, I don't see a real need. My wife's already vaccinated. Our kid, you know, as we know, children are are virtually immune to it anyway. It doesn't affect them. They don't get sick from it. And I don't see a reason to to get the vaccine. Plus, I'm about 99% sure that I already had it. Back, uh, probably back in November. So my parents asked me because they're coming to visit. I said, no, I'm not going to get it. And they say, well, it doesn't matter. We're both vaccinated. Fine. So they're going to come out to visit. Now, that trip's been postponed as uh, actually I think I'm going to be going instead to the California Mises Convention, the Mises Caucus Convention, which is out in Visalia, California. And uh, they've got a great lineup. Hotep Jesus is going to be there. Thaddeus Russell's going to be there. And uh, I'm going to make my way down to that starting up on, uh, I believe, May 14th is when they have their reception where both uh, Hotep Jesus and uh, Thad are going to be speaking. So I will be there. My parents are no longer coming, freeing me up. So guys, if you want to see me, come hang out. I will be there. In, uh, in fact, and I believe that Friday, maybe I'll do Friday, Saturday, but um, with a young kid at home, makes it a little tricky. So anyway, my parents, I tell them I'm not getting vaccinated. Today, about an hour ago, I get a text from my sister, my sister who lived in Brooklyn forever, who is absolutely the most brainwashed in the fucking bubble, like that SNL skit of bubble people in New York. She is the epitome of that. She is literally impossible to talk to on any issue politically because she is politically retarded. She has gotten her brain so scrambled by New York politics and in this environment where everybody has a group think that goes one way and one way only. I mean, she voted for AOC. Enough said. So she starts texting me. How are you so irresponsible? I thought you were smarter than this, right? This is my little sister. So I tell her, hey, go fuck off. It's none of your business. Thank you. Goodbye. Fuck off. Then I proceed to yell at my parents for telling her. You know, we do a show, Bravo and Beer, which you guys should be familiar with. It's hilarious, and every goddamn one of you should be listening to it. And why haven't you? Would really should be the big question here. Should have several thousand downloads an episode like this show does, but you people are clearly stingy with your laughter. Uh, but no, you should check it out. But we do a little segment on that from Reddit called Am I the Asshole? So, you know, am I the asshole for bitching my parents out for sharing my private health information with my idiot liberal sister? I do love her still. She'll never listen to this episode, doesn't matter, but I do love her, but she is a political fucking dipshit. Anyway, so I'm fired up. Um, let's talk about Derek Chauvin's trial, though. So it just came down. Derek, you know, Derek Chauvin just got found guilty of all three counts which were put against any you know, of the prosecutors, prosecution went for. That was murder in the second degree, murder in the third degree, and manslaughter. Now, he got all three of those. Uh, I didn't catch exactly, and you know, I think the judge still has to come up with the sentencing as far as what that'll be. I know they've revoked bail, so he will not be able to walk about, traipse about. Uh, in the meantime, he won't be able to flee. And the way I look at this, right, I, you know, I was reading up on this as it was going. I, as you guys know, I don't really watch much cable news. I, I pretty much refuse to watch cable news, but... I do read a lot of stories because Howie sends them through. You know, our $15 Patreon level, patreon.com slash lines of liberty, the $15 Patreon level, you get all of Howie's news links. So I have gotten a very good briefing on a daily basis of what's going on with the trial. Now, there was a question, and I'll get into this in just a bit, but there was a question of oxygenation levels in George Floyd's uh, lungs. And basically, evidence that was not permitted to be introduced showing that he did not have any sort of dearth of oxygen in his lungs, a.k.a. Chauvin could not have suffocated him um, because that was not evident to the, to the uh, what they found from the medical examination. And there was also the reports that came out that showed that there was no damage to his spine or his, I guess, uh, I don't know, neck bones, which are still part of the spine. So, there was, in fact, a question as to whether or not chalvin did kill him, right Was this something where he his actions directly led to George Floyd's death, or if Floyd, because of the amount of uh fenadryl uh, in his system wait is that it? yeah fenadryl uh that that had really been the cause and the nail in the coffin for Floyd just having that much in your system basically was an overdose waiting to happen, and he had way more in his system than you would even think he'd be able to tolerate to that point. That being said, I do not have any sympathy for Derek Chauvin, nor for the cops that stood around as a man who is clearly defenseless. He's clearly on the ground. He is no harm to anybody. And I don't give a shit if he had been resisting arrest a little bit earlier. You know, there was a tussle in the car. They took him out of the car. And I think because he was saying he couldn't breathe in the car. So what do they do? They shove him face down on the ground. They hold him down, and they did put pressure on him as he's crying for help, as he's crying for his mother, as he's saying he can't breathe. The man is completely incapacitated. You have handcuffs behind his back. He's lying on his chest. His face is on the floor. You, you have four other police officers, or at least what was it, three or four other police officers, surrounding Derek Chauvin as he's sitting on top of this man, who is pleading for his life, crying and pleading. And they simply let that happen. They let him die underneath of the cop. So I don't have any sympathy for Derek Chauvin because this is an, this is an instance where and I hope it's a learning experience for a lot of police officers out there. And sadly, I don't, you know, I don't know if they're getting it yet because we still see more instances on a daily basis of an absolute lack of compassion. Absolute lack of compassion. And I think this is an instance where we can look at the cops and say, hey, you know, that little bit, that little teardrop of compassion you could have had to get off of George Floyd or to roll him over on his back so that he could breathe. He still is not going anywhere. You can hold his ankles down. I don't care. You know, whatever. Put a a foot on his shoulder if he's going to try to get up. But he's not going anywhere. But showing that little bit of compassion to him not only could have saved his life, but now... Derek Chauvin, with three guilty verdicts against you, which, until we see what happens with the appeals process, means you're going to jail, and that is a death sentence for you. There's no possible debate. The man, as soon as he is released into general population, as soon as he's out of solitary confinement, as soon as he doesn't have a 24-hour guard on him, he is dead. He is a dead man walking. This is a death sentence for him. Whatever, no matter what you might think about that, that's what this is. So that little bit of compassion might have not only saved George Floyd's life, but would have saved your life. And that's the lesson that police need to take away. That's the lesson in so much of what we see with police escalating things rather than calming them down. You know, there was an instance recently where cops shot a, you know, this guy that was in army. He was like basically like coming out of got him a, I don't know, a local army base. And instead of going in and calmly addressing the situation, there's two cops screaming at him, screaming at him, screaming at him, escalating to the point. The guy's scared. He doesn't know what the fuck to do. These cops need to realize that that isn't the modus operandi you need to follow all the time. That having some compassion, having some logic, having some calmness about you is going to make sure that less police get killed and less civilians get killed. It's going to make sure our cities don't burn down. And by the way, I have no doubt that even though they found him guilty on these three verdicts, there's still gonna be rioting. I guarantee you there will still be rioting in Minneapolis, in Minnesota, in Portland, in you know, all these other places where Antifa's active and BLM has a, a real strong base. You're still gonna see the rioting. These people showed up. They're all pissed off. They're all shouting slogans. They're still going to riot. I mean, Christ, I remember riots when, when teams win Stanley Cups. I was talking to JB, uh, and he was telling me about how he had seen riots when Vancouver had won the Stanley Cup. And he was like, why the fuck are these people rioting when they just won? I'm telling you, you're going to see riots. These people got all dolled up. They're not going to go home without doing a little bit of rioting. Now, the question is, are we going to see even more rioting because this saga is not over Maxine Waters is to blame for for that at least partially and as I said there's two sides to this this appeals process that may be forthcoming one is that the evidence that was not allowed to happen and the judge had berated one witness for introducing the evidence about the oxygen levels in the blood which he said you know throw it out I'll call a mistrial right now so that's one side of things number two you have Maxine Waters the stupidest person that's ever sat on a, on, a, on a publicly elected chair. I'm convinced of it. Yet she cannot be unseated. You know, I had Joe Collins on who was trying to get her the fuck out of office after the 45 or 50 years she's been in there, where she's making her millions, where she lives in her you know, $5 million mansion in Hancock Park, nowhere near her district. So Joe Collins is trying to get her out, right? But Maxine Waters still won. He got something like 35, 40% of the vote, which is pretty goddamn good for a Republican. So maybe her time is limited, but Maxine Waters flies her old wrinkled witch ass over to Brooklyn Center, Minneapolis, and tries to gin up the crowd, right? She's out there saying, and this was yesterday, that she is arguably unduly influencing the judicial process, number one, by going out there and telling people that they want a murder Victory. Like they want a a murder guilty verdict. Murder one, she says, well, maybe not murder one, but hopefully murder one. She's out there literally calling for this man without being in court, without seeing the evidence, without being in the trial. She's calling for a guilty verdict overall. And this becomes a jury that's not sequestered, right? So they can get media reports coming through to them. So this is why the judge flipped out in the trial and basically said, you need to shut the fuck up, Maxine. But she didn't stop there. Because she goes on to say that they need to get more confrontational. That we can't take this line down if he's not found guilty of murder. You have to get more confrontational. Now, what does that mean? Obviously, we're talking about getting more confrontational than what? Than the riots that already happened over George Floyd? Maxine, what are we talking about? If we're not talking about assaulting people in the streets, we're not talking about burning down neighborhoods, we're not talking about looting stores, we're not talking about literally assassinating police officers, which happened in several cities. Yet this woman gets Nancy Pelosi defending her, right? And this is on top. Remember, Maxine Waters also famously told people to go out and get in the faces of people in the GOP, to go out and yell at them in department stores and yell at them at restaurants. She is a dangerous person. She should be censored. She should honestly be, in my opinion, she should be arrested for incitement, just like they're arresting all these other people, these insurrectionists. I mean... If we're going to have the standard in place of you go in and you take part in a public gathering, which is what's happening at the Capitol riots now, and we're going to talk about this in just a minute. And you're saying that Donald Trump should be impeached for incitement because he told people specifically not to go in and, and cause any, any violent action, specifically said not to be violent and to peacefully do this. And then you have Maxine Waters out here saying, get in people's faces. We have to be more confrontational in the knowing that people are waiting to riots, waiting, knowing that there is a powder keg waiting to go off far more dangerous, I would argue than what Trump ever did. I'm not defending Donald Trump trying to trying to get his base all riled up about the voting situation. But if we're comparing one to the other, clearly, the powder keg waiting to explode in Minneapolis, in Los Angeles, in uh, you know, Portland, in all these other cities that had all of this violence, all of this, these billions upon billions of dollars of damage that are watching for this verdict and waiting in the streets waiting for the verdict to be announced, with signs with banners with fucking God knows what else. Maxine Waters, no. Calls for, uh, no calls for any sort of punishment, no calls for any sort of censor, no calls for any sort of of, um, actions or charges to be brought against her for these clearly inflammatory statements. It is fucking ridiculous. But at the same time, she now may have given Shalvin and his trial team an out when it comes to the appeals process because they can now argue that she had unduly influenced the jurors, that she had caused such a public sentiment of violence that was threatening the community and these jurors themselves, that they had no option but to find him guilty. Again, Maxine Waters, very stupid, very stupid person. So good job, anti-Maxine. But getting back to this, you know, this concept of this double standard, the unbelievable double standard that exists between Maxine Waters and her calls for incitement and all the Democrats that have constantly been telling, we have to fight, we have to stand up with the other people, all this shit. And I've always, and I, I stand by this. I have always said that people on the left side of the spectrum are vastly more violent because they're vastly more emotional than people on the right side of the spectrum. And I found that they rise to, you know, they're, they're zero to 60 and they're, not only, compared, not only compared with the emotional trajectory of how angry they get, how quickly they get, but also that combined with the religious ferocity that they approach these topics. And also the fact that they can't seem to find compassion or understanding with the other side. And they view the other side as literally the enemy, right? Wherein the the left views the way in which the world operates as people to be subjugated, people to be uh, destroyed because they're standing in the way of progress, right? They view the people that they are pushing to the side, that they are demonizing, that they are canceling, that they are attacking, the people that they are burning their buildings down, the people that are screaming at in, in airports and in restaurants, these people are morally unsalvageable and evil and thus they are justified in perpetrating whatever sort of violence is necessary against them. And that is what Maxine Waters is endorsing. But we see what's going on now with the goddamn Capitol riot, right? And I don't think the people at the Capitol that rioted, you know, that marched in there, I think what they did was pretty stupid. It was stupid. I also think the reaction to it has showcased that the elites will go out of their way to protect themselves and they will hound you to the ends of the earth in order to make you into what, honestly, I'm sure some people are seeing as martyrs, people in the Trump camp, people in the GOP side of things that do think the election was stolen and have seen what's been going on. I'm sure that these people will be viewed as martyrs, which can be powerful in its own right. But you're seeing now the elites, you know, the state, apparatus going after people many of whom weren't even in the capitol building they weren't the people going in and taking nancy pelosi's podium they weren't the people that were going in and 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 by the way uh what was that cop's name brian stricker or whatever the capitol police that they said was bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher two different medical examiners have now found that he was died he died of natural causes he died of strokes the next day, neither of which they said they found any evidence of trauma that were caused by anything other than just the stress of the position. But how can you say, okay, you're telling me that the stress is now murder? In which case, thousands of people the world over should be are being murdered by their jobs or more accurately, have been murdered by the COVID lockdowns, which have cost them their jobs, which have cost them untold misery at the hands of the government. So once again, the government really responsible for murder. But you're now seeing people like a mother of four who literally stopped Capitol protesters from breaking windows, berated, and now faces 55 years in prison. I saw this story. Victoria White, single mother of four daughters who volunteered with the Trump victory campaign, helped organize some of the events, is now an insurrectionist, according to liberal media, and has now been raided Let's see, in the FBI's own report, they note there's a video in which she is seen arguing with other rioters who are attempting to break the glass. White can be heard yelling at the individuals attempting to break the glass, and she physically attempts to pull them away, right? So even though she had stopped people from trying to accost this Capitol, this this sanctuary building, right, this fucking grand, grand cathedral to totalitarianism, The FBI still says that she attempted to grab an officer's shield. And so they're going to raid her house, terrify her fucking four children, arrest her and threaten her with 55 years in prison. Six offenses, 55 years in prison. So while Antifa members run wild, while Black Lives Matter activists can beat elderly people in the streets and get bailed out and have their charges dropped by local DAs, the FBI is trying to put a mother of four in prison for the rest of her life. Brian Sicknick, that's his name, Brian Sicknick. How about this one? Pregnant single mother raided by FBI detained for a week after going through an open door at the U.S. Capitol. She now faces 30 years in prison. Walked through a door that was already open. Just walked in. Thanks, FBI. You're spending your time so wisely. I mean, Christ, can we just have the entire FBI go into X-Files mode? Can we? I vastly prefer that. Go investigate some aliens. We have a lot of alien stuff coming out. Can we get you sicked on the alien problem? The real alien problem, not the immigration alien problem. Well, I don't know. They're both real alien problems. (laughs) Can you investigate some wolfman shit for me, please? And stop throwing pregnant women in jail and threatening them with jail for the rest of their lives. I mean, it is absolutely disgusting to see the way in which the law is applied and how it is unabashedly politically being used as a cudgel by the Biden administration and by these leftists right now to go after people that had the gall to go and protest on on, on public property, on government property. We should be able to protest. This chick walks in a door. 30 years in prison, she's threatened with. Meanwhile, in the riots that are probably going on right now in Minnesota, guarantee nobody gets arrested. Not for a goddamn thing. Crazy. All right, how about I take a minute here to lighten things up for just a moment before we dive back into some shit to tell you about a brand new sponsor, guys. He is an author named C.W. Booth Weich, and he has two books. One is called The Buffalo on Main Street, and the other is called Narco slash Lepsy. Reading these books will increase your penis length by at least three inches and your IQ by 20 points leaving them in the same room as the old lady for even a few hours will take her up a cup size and instill an insatiable love of bee that will last at least a fortnight. Buying one of these books will add 10 years to your life, and if you buy them both, you will literally never die. These statements have not been approved by the FDA, but neither of the vaccines that you fuckers went out and got. Of course, I didn't. I told you about that with my sister earlier. Check these books out, though. This guy, big fan of our show, uh, big fan of mine on Twitter. Go check him out over Team Jenkins. <laughs> But no, check out C.W. Booth Weich. That is spelled C.W. Booth, B-O-O-T-H, Weich, W-Y-C-H-E. His two books, The Buffalo on Main Street and Narco Slash Lepsy*, are available on Amazon or Kindle and in paperback. So give him a jingle and uh, show him how to mingle. All right, coming back in, we have to talk about another story. You know, Ontario and the good old Canuckian, uh country of Kenyatta has just gone so above and beyond what you would think. I mean, you always think of Canada as a nice place, right? A nice place to visit of hail fellow, well met. You can drive through and wave at folks and they'll wave back. You can get some poutine on your fries and some poon on your thighs, you know, wherever you want to go, depending on the city, different rules, different strokes for different folks. But we just had over the past week, the most disturbing, dystopian, novelesque, like 1984 come to life video put out from the governing body there in regards to new mandates for COVID lockdowns that went beyond their previous mandates. And we already know that lockdowns do nothing. We've already seen all the stats come out and brand new stats just released again, showing Texas, Florida, California, you know, whatever it might be, the places that had the most severe lockdowns had worse or equal results to places that had virtually no lockdowns. So in the face of all of this science, all of these results, all of these statistics, what do people like the fuckheads of Ontario do? Well, they decide they're going to go full-on fascist police state. We've implemented the strictest measures in all of North America. And the difficult truth is, every public health measure we have left comes with a massive cost to people and their lives. But we have never shied away from doing what's necessary.
1: We have made the deliberate decision to temporarily enhance police officers' authority for the duration of the stay-at-home order. Moving forward, police will have the authority to require any individual who is not in a place of residence to first provide their purpose for not being at home, and provide their home address. Police will also have the authority to stop a vehicle, to inquire about an individual's reason for leaving their residence.
0: And our inspectors will also be ensuring that those who absolutely must come to work are strictly following the public health measures. For our employers and employees, take note. This is your last warning. I'm wondering about these new police powers to just randomly stop someone walking down the street or to pull over a car. What happens if uh, if a person refuses to answer the police questions?
1: So by issuing these new additional enforcement measures, it allows police officers to ask the person why they are not at their place of residence and what their place of residence is. And specifically to your question, um, if you are not willing to comply, then you are breaking the law. Uh, If
0: someone sees um, uh, their neighbors uh, breaking these these new regulations um, and and having a party in their yard, that sort of thing, should should people call police on their neighbors?
1: In terms of people calling um, to snitch, to inform, Look, we all have a personal responsibility. If it means saving lives, then I think we have to think about what your social responsibilities are as an individual to make sure that you don't empower other people and invite a whole bunch of individuals to your home.
0: So think about that, right? Because it's got to save lives. We're talking about, again, a pandemic wherein pandemic. Uh, It's ridiculous to even call it a pandemic. That's what my sister called it. You're helping spread a pandemic. Pandemic by whose fucking definition? So because we're saving lives, right? Even though all of the elderly in virtually every, I don't know what you call them now, modernized country have received vaccines, right? Anybody that wants a vaccine can get a vaccine that they're elderly. So those lives are protected. Frontline workers, most places protected. Teachers protected, right? Everybody that needs a vaccine that is really on the forefront of those that are vulnerable is more or less able to get it at this point. So they now say that to protect the lives, we have to have you snitch because that's your moral obligation to turn in your neighbor, to, re- to report your fucking neighbor for trying to live their life or having more people in their house than they're permitted to by the lockdown governments, right? Now, let me ask you this. What's going to be more costly to someone's life at this stage in the game? Is it going to be you turning them in, getting them arrested, which who knows what these people, you know, backgrounds might be. Maybe this is a, a third strike situation. Maybe you sent them to prison for the rest of their life. Maybe they go to prison, they get you know, prison shiv, like Derek Chauvin's surely going to be anytime now. Maybe they go to prison, get raped over and over again. Maybe it just takes them away from their family. Maybe he can maybe the guy or, or chick can't pay her bills now. Maybe their family gets kicked out of their house. Maybe their children get put into foster care, whatever the Canadians can. Foster care, eh? Let's go to foster care. Make sure these children have some terrible outcomes, huh? Maybe get into some crime. Which kind of lapsing you know, into Irish therapy. You get my point. Is that your moral obligation? To send people to a fucking horrible outcome based upon draconian laws that are put into place arbitrarily based on bad science, I would argue non-science, for a disease that affects 99% or, or say is basically does not affect 90.9.9% 9. of the population. And for, for whom most of the most vulnerable have already been vaccinated. If anything, your moral obligation is to shut your fucking mouth. I mean, is anybody going to get to talk about these things when you put in these laws, any laws like this? And by the way, lockdowns, I'll come back to this specific clip in a second, the lockdowns and the mask laws and everything else in Oregon, And in Michigan, they're already talking about how they don't want them to ever go away. Fucking crazy Gretchen Whitmer, she's saying that they want to keep those mask laws forever, that food service workers should always have to wear a mask, that people should always be six foot away in restaurants. They should always have to wear a mask to get up and all this other, all these other nonsense, regulatory, just, you know, again, absolutely non-scientific because you know that the masks don't really do anything i just shared a paper about that we know that the six foot rule was based in non-science and was never even tried until this quote-unquote pandemic so they want to put these nonsense laws in place these regulatory regulatory laws that are going to cause fines that are going to cause fees that are going to cut extra costs for restaurants that are going to cause them to cut their capacity down because if even if you're mandating that restaurant tours or, or restaurant goers are six feet apart you're cutting the capacity of restaurants. Most restaurants don't have that much space. If you're a restaurant that has 10 tables, now you have five tables. How are you going to stay open? You know, it's like the guy who was on John Odermatt's show on uh, Finding Freedom last Thursday, talking about you know, his coffee shops. And he had a restaurant as well, which he had to shut down because it had 10 tables. And there's no way to keep a restaurant open with the capacity laws. So Gretchen Whitmer and this other asshole from Morgan went to put these in a the place all the time. Is anybody surprised by this? No. Because they have to keep their power. As I said, they have to keep their power. And they're going to say, well, this is for the greater good. Now we'll never have another pandemic outbreak like this because we're being so smart about it. But it's not about smarts. We we, we know that. They're in government. It's definitely not about smarts. It's about control. It's about mandating that people go along with this authoritarian rule that they put into place and never backing down. Because government, once it takes your freedoms, will never fucking give them back. And that's why this fight is so absolutely vitally important. And we cannot back down. And this is becoming more apparent to me. I mean, God, just today I was walking my dogs thinking about this fight. This may be the fight of our lives. I'm not even not even joking. And I'm going to talk about another threat at the end of the show, this uh, this cyber Polygon or Cyber Paragon thing. Yeah, Cyber Polygon, which is another war game. Like, just like they did that exercise with COVID, remember? But they did an entire exercise and they did a pretend lockdown about a pandemic. And then, well, it all happened. So getting back to this Ontario shit though, they've now given police brand new powers to stop anyone for no reason, just because you're outside, just because you're in your car. Not only can they stop you, but they can demand to know where you're coming from, where you're going, and why you're going there. Now, why people wouldn't just blatantly lie all the time, I don't know. Maybe the cops will follow you and you can bust you for whatever. But they made it very clear that if you lie to the cops, if you don't tell them, or if you refuse to tell them where you're fucking going. There was a hilarious clip of like a farmer in Scotland or Ireland just ripping a cop who was asking where he was going. He's like, it's not your fucking business. It's not your fucking business, you fucking cunt. It was awesome. But we need more of that. So maybe our Canadian neighbors will get a little mean. Maybe they'll finally stand up and tell people to go shove it when they tell them that they want to see their papers, just like they did in all the fascist countries, all those, all those wonderful countries that we pretend that we're against as we implement all of their means, all of their regulations, all of their laws in order to control the population. Just wow, man. Just wow. Never going to Ontario again. It's like, I'm never drinking Sam Adams again. I did a rant on my uh, my morning, good morning fuckhead show about Sam Adams and a stupid fucking commercial they had on about wearing a mask and staying vaccinated. You got to subscribe to the Patreon to hear that, folks. Again, patreon.com slash lines of liberty. Not going to go into it here. Got to hear it there. But let's get back to some other topics as well. Um, yeah, Ontario just... I can't see... I have to think that they had a massive backlash against this cuz it's so abundantly ridiculous when you hear it play back and you hear what they're talking about, right? It, they must have felt so stupid. Now maybe I'm maybe I'm giving them too much credit. But I have to think that virtually anybody watching that said, "Well, this is what they did in Nazi Germany." I mean, quite literally demanding to know where you're going, where you're coming from at any point in time and giving the police the authority to stop you at any point in time. This is fascism. This is totalitarianism. This is what we've been fighting against. Not only that, but you look at instances that have recently happened with police shootings, right? And we know that so many of these police shootings, so many of the black people that people out there on the left will say that they care about, that they're trying to fight for, die at the hands of police because they're stopped on infraction type of bullshit, because their registration tags were out of place. This is what, um, God, you just got shot recently. I was talking on the show. I'm blanking on the name. Uh, Dante, fuck, well, whatever, it was last show. But Dante, who got shot in Brooklyn Center, which, you know, again, Maxine Waters goes there to to uh, get the crowd all riled up and tell them to be more confrontational. It was registration. You know, his registration was out of date. So the cops pull him over and he ends up getting shot. This happens so often. You know, there was one, ew, this is years ago. I can't remember exactly what it was, but a guy had like a broken taillight out. And they stop him and he ends up getting shot. So now you're giving police full reign to stop anybody at any time. And they are, I guess, supposed to stop people to inquire why they're out, where they're going. So now tell me by giving them all of this mandate to stop people, by telling them to constantly stop people, we're not going to get you know, ipso facto, A A squared plus B squared equals C squared, are we not going to Pythagorean theorem our way into more people getting shot by cops? If you say, blanket, stop 500,000% more people for nothing, just statistically, you're going to get a 5,000% raise in the number of people shot. Now, granted, that's not going to be you know, 700,000 people. It's still going to be a small amount compared to how many stops there are, but you're going to have them. So thank you, Ontario, for signing a death note. You know, just like that anime, you sign a little death note for, well, let's say 2% of the population pulled over. Just give them that death sentence too. Unintended consequences of this shit. Not only that, but it's just, at this point, locking down again, it just does not make any fucking sense. Okay, let's move on to Cyber Polygon, which I was just telling you guys about a moment ago. So this is is something that I picked up. um, Actually, it's a Lou Rockwell... Piece And now I I know Lou Rockwell, I'm not endorsing uh, everything Lou Rockwell publishes uh, in any way because he's got some some things that I don't necessarily agree with. But I overall think that Lou Rockwell is pretty good. Um, This guy, Bill Sardi, had published a piece on LouRockwell.com talking about how the World Economic Forum, which, of course, was a co-sponsor to Event 201, which is the COVID, you know, play event in October 2019, which preceded the lockdowns and the COVID pandemic. Announced Cyber Polygon, which is a cyber warfare game that is going to be uh, blamed on overseas quote unquote enemies scheduled for just uh, July of 2021. Right? So, this is a few months away. This war game, this uh, scenario is going to play out. In this scenario, they're trying to expose and showcase how vulnerable all of our infrastructure has become because of the emphasis and reliance on cyber communications on the internet on you know how our infrastructure grids are available to be hacked how our electrical grids can be taken out how our communications grids can be taken out how they can ground flights how they can uh, you know get in the way of ships being able to navigate on open waters because people nowadays probably don't know how to navigate by the stars as well as they might before they're probably using gps systems so this game is is basically designed to show that it is all so vulnerable and they're going to have these war games play out. And they're also in bringing in corporate sponsors as well, right? Some of the biggest corporate sponsors and, and corporate uh, entities that exist out there, the biggest communications companies, to play this out and showcase just how a major cyber attack on the global supply chain and economic system will impact the populace. Now, again, I'm not saying that this is de facto going to happen, but I will say it's quite daunting when you look at what we're talking about here, right? And I'll go to the the, uh, World Economic Forum's page to read you a little, like I was reading from the article there. I'll read you exactly what it says here. Digitalization is accelerating everywhere. New digital ecosystems are forming all around us, creating unnoticed linkages across services and supply chains. As the world grows more interconnected, the speed of development makes it difficult to access the impact of change. A secure approach to digital development today will determine the shape of our future for decades to come. Having the right skills in place is key to protecting organizations from attacks now. What is Cyber Polygon? A unique cybersecurity event that combines the world's largest technical training exercise for corporate teams and an online conference featuring senior officials from international organizations and leading corporations. In 2021... They will uh, have discussions during a live stream conference center on secure development of ecosystems. Yada, 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 yada. So basically, the technical exercise participants will hone their practical skills in mitigating a targeted supply chain attack on a corporate ecosystem in real time. This says actually the event will be held online July 9th. And you can apply to be an organization wishing to join the training. (laughs) Shit, maybe. Should I send a fucking application? Man, maybe I should. And if you want to look at the app, the actual website is cyberpolygon.com. I will read you some of the, uh, the scenarios that they have here, right? So in the training, they've got two different teams. Red team, the training organizers for the zone to simulate the attack. Blue team will be training and to protect the infrastructure, right? Defense the participants will deflect an active attack on a corporate system responsible for assembling, testing, and delivering applications. The system manages the entire the organization's business critical service response. The teams will investigate the incident, which started with subsidiary's host being compromised. The host communicates with the client's network via VPN, same as last year. The participants will apply classic forensics and threat hunting techniques. So basically they're training, you know, one side is training to take out a business critical service. As I said, this could be anything from an electrical system, This could be a global navigation system, this could be how your airlines use their uh, their flight navigation software. We don't know what it might be. Right? Like I said, the lines of liberty should apply to be part of this part of this event. But I'm just making you guys aware of it. I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't think this is necessarily something that we have to go, oh my God, I mean, clearly they do these things regularly, but it does make you worry when the World Economic Forum is in fact taking part in these, and essentially training people, not only in the quote unquote defense of them, but also in how to undertake these attacks. The next step, right? Let's say we do see a brand new lockdown, right? We saw the COVID lockdowns stemming from this event 201. We saw it play out in real time this year. One does have to wonder, Once people start getting COVID fatigue, once people start waking up to the utter bullshit that was perpetrated on the American populace and the worldwide population at large, will these people back down? Will they give up their authority? I was just talking about Michigan and Oregon and how they don't want to give it up. Right? We're seeing Ontario continue and, in fact, uh, accelerate their lockdowns. Something like this taking out a component of infrastructure we're already seeing joe biden blame the russians for everything they could just say it was a russian cyber attack right fucking biden just went out and, and threw out a bunch of uh, russian diplomats and said that we're in a state of quote-unquote national emergency over a four months old r- election interference hack right and about that oh they hacked in god what was it called some some big hack in uh i'm blank on the name of the software fuck it i'm not gonna look it up now but Four months later, Biden's ginning up all this, this uh, anger against Russia. He's kicking out diplomats. Now they're kicking out our diplomats. He's getting NATO all fired up. He's trying to bring in new organizations to combat China and Russia. How easy would it be for people just to say, oh, yeah, Russia and uh, and China teamed up and they took out our electrical grid? They took out our shipping grid, right? Sorry, guys, the supply chain's been destroyed. No longer can get your supplies, just like what happened to the canal and made everything vastly more expensive and slowed everything down. I mean, this could happen. And as we saw with the Russiagate scandal, where they all, the media told us and the CIA told us and the FBI told us, oh, we all agree. All the intelligence organizations agree that the Democrats were hacked and Hillary Clinton's emails were were released. And this was, this was clearly a cyber espionage. Bullshit. It was Bullshit. One organization put out a report. Two other guys said, yeah, that's right. And the media ran with it. This is something to watch. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not a huge conspiracy guy. But after the last year, my conspiracy uh, ears are tingling. All right, we'll end it on uh, Idiot of the Week.
1: No reason for sanity to be found. Idiots and assholes all around. When stupidity at its peak it's the idiot of the week
0: again big thanks to josh anderson for that little ditty but before i give you our idiot of the week i do want to tell you guys about Zipix toothpicks our wonderful longtime sponsor where you can get 10 percent off by using promo code roar r-o-a-r and by the way if you already used the promo code lion previously you can use Roar now to get another 10% off. So remember that. Go check them out. zippixtoothpicks.com for nicotine or B12 caffeine-infused toothpicks. I've talked about these things in the show. They're absolutely amazing. I use them. I go to bars. I'm outside. I don't always want a cigarette, obviously. I'm not a big smoker, right? So instead, pop these toothpicks out. They give me that buzz. They got the good hand-to-mouth feel. So if you are a smoker or a vapor, it gives you that craving uh, kind of, kind of pushes that away and gives you that hand-to-mouth feel that's so familiar and, and so automatic. So check these things out. Great for if you do want something to to sate that craving. Uh, my buddy actually just got off using vaping with these and I can't say that's 100 percent guaranteed, but he was able to do it. FDA registered, made in a lab, these things are awesome. And you can also sign up to get a subscription so they'll just send them to you uh, automatically on like a monthly basis or whatever you want to set it up for. So check those out and the B-12 ones, I'm telling you, help with hangovers. I use them all the time. I use them when I'm waking up. I use them if I'm feeling a little sluggish after lunch. So again, check that out. Promo code ROAR for 10% off at ZipixToothpicks.com. All right, now wrapping this show up. The Oscars are this Sunday, right? And the Oscars are just Hollywood fellating itself so hard that it's a surprise that there's anything left. It's kind of like the Ouroboros eating its own tail type of thing. You know, you just got Hollywood sucking that dick so hard into their own mouths. Eventually it's just going to form a little black hole, keeping fingers crossed for that to happen. But you know, they're trying to work their way around you know, they don't want everybody wearing masks at the ceremony, obviously people pay. Well, they don't pay. They watch television and advertisers pay to have people watch these celebrities on TV even though the Oscars ratings have gone way down as it's gotten super woke. So they're watching to see the celebrity faces. They want to see Brad Pitt. They want to see Jack Nicholson. They want to see, I don't even know who, whoever the fuck is nominated for the best pictures. I've seen zero zilch of the best picture nominations. Frankly, they all seem like sad sack bastard movies. um, And I just don't have an interest in that. I don't have an interest in being preached to. I, I just don't care. The one I was told is pretty libertarian was Nomadland, which maybe I'll watch that one. But even that I heard is a sad, sad bastard movie. So even as, uh, as libertarian as it might be, I just don't feel like being bored and depressed for a lot of the film. Anyway, they figured out that the best way for them to do this broadcast, right, to keep safety in mind, even though I promise you every single one of the people in attendance has been tested. I have many friends who work in the industry out here in L.A., And they all get tested constantly. Most of them have already been vaccinated. They found their way to the front of the line through shenanigans of some sort or the other. So they're all either clear, free and clear, or vaccinated. So there's there's very little risk in general. And as we know, there's very little risk overall to these people who are, in the majority, not going to be uh, super aged or malnourished. But what the Oscars worked out, they said, okay, well, we want to keep the, I don't know, the veneer of safety for people in attendance. So what they said they're going to do is while the cameras are rolling, the masks will be off. But during the commercial breaks, the masks will be back on. And I guess the theory behind this is that people during the actual performance won't be talking or laughing or coughing during the show, right? Because they're sitting there watching. But during the commercial breaks, everybody's going to go, blah, 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 and tell them about the dress they're wearing and tell them about whatever film that they're doing that's going to suck and it was a retread of some 80s film. You know, that's, that's, I guess, what the premise here is. Is there anything more obvious about how much of an idiotic theater this is? I mean, I know these people are all actors anyway. They're used to trotting the boards. But for fuck's sake, people, can we grow up? Can we stop pretending that this thing is really going to come and, and nail you and kill everybody you know. You're not wearing the masks for 75% of the, of the show. You're sitting next to each other, on top of each other in the theater. If this were real, you would in no way tolerate that and just say that you're not going to wear your mask. You, you wouldn't go along with it. So we all know this is bullshit. It's just, it's so absolutely silly. It's so abundantly stupid and silly that's something that only Hollywood could come up with. Magnificent, everybody. Magnificent. All right, that's going to wrap up the show. It's actually shorter than I thought it would be because with the Derek uh, Chauvin uh, verdict coming, I actually eliminated a lot of the stuff that I was going to talk about and uh, and just went for the went for the jugular. But, eh, you got a good 50 minutes in. What do you guys want from me? I do daily rants now. You just got to pay for them. Anyway, guys, that's going to wrap it up. So for me, Brian McWilliams, telling you, always listen to Lions of Liberty. Listen in to Mark Claire on Mondays. Listen to John Odermatt on for, on Thursdays, I keep wanting to say Fridays, it's a habit, on Finding Freedom. Uh, Mark just spoke with uh, Spike Cohen today. That was live streamed, and he's talking to uh, Shane Hazel, which I think he tried to live stream. <laughs> Mark is a, a, a boomer. He couldn't figure out how to Zoom stream today. <laughs> but. Anyway, good stuff coming, guys. And, of course, I'm always here for you with my sultry tones here on Electric Liberty Land. Oh, baby, I know how you love it. So that's it. That'll wrap it up. From the Lions Liberty, from Electric Liberty Land, always reminding you to stay plugged into Liberty.